You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast dedicated to the best performances by Iowa-based collegiate and post-collegiate distance runners over the weekend. I promise this podcast will not be nearly as long as last week. It was an hour and 20 minutes, and I found out I still forgot some other performances, uh, still missed a few uh, from from the previous weekend. It, it was really, really busy with the... Um, with the Nettycomb meet and uh, the IMT Des Moines Marathon and so many other meets. Uh, this week is also uh, somewhat busy. I'll, I'll keep uh, busy with the USA 25K Championships. An Iowan picked up a victory there. Very exciting. The MIAA Conference Meet. That's NCAA Division II, the Lone Star Conference Meet, where several Iowa Central, former Iowa Central runners dominated there um, in that uh, Texas meet. Uh, and then you had uh, Grandview and St. Ambrose going to the NAIA Great Lakes Challenge and the Mount Marty Cross Country Invitational, where the Dort teams dominated that action. But uh, I'm going to start off here with that USA 25K Championships. As I mentioned, that was Saturday in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was former Sioux City North and Iowa Central star B.S. Sambasa who fought off Futsum Zenasalasi uh, at the line to win that race in 114.27. They both had the same time, but it was Sambasa who was just a couple meters ahead at that finish. So uh, it's a great win by him. Um, Sam Chalenga was in third in 114.28. Then it was Fred Huxham in 114.34. And then Haran Lagat in 114.38. I'm not done with the results yet, but I did want to talk about uh, Bia's win here. Um, it was down to those five guys with about three miles to go. <clears throat> Still, uh, they had uh, broken away from the rest of the pack including another Iowan. Um, and then uh, it was Chalinga who made a move with about 600 meters to go. Uh, and, uh, and it was uh, Simbasa who followed him. And um, he basically had the best kick at the end uh, in the final, uh, f uh, well, 200 meters and uh, got to the finish line first. This 25K championships is part of the Amway Riverbank run, by the way. So um, Simbasa with this win... Um, really cements his lead in the USATF running circuit standings. But picking up valuable points in those standings was seventh place Brogan Austin, former Boone and Drake runner. He is now uh, running with the Tin Man Elite team. He's come back from some, some injuries. Um, I want to say it was uh, he's had some Achilles problems. Um, uh, some other things I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what I had in the, in the past on the podcast, but uh, he's been injured quite a bit. So this was his return to racing, and he just got nipped by Lolly Lalang for sixth place. They both had the same time of one fifteen thirty six. 
So nice run for Brogan, uh, getting that, picking up some, some valuable points as well as some cash for that. And uh, also on the men's side, it was Patrick Riley, who has uh, been, a, been a very good uh, uh, local elite runner for years. He's now a master's runner. He finished 44th overall. Uh, he had a 134.03 chip time, um, and he was eight seconds slower by the gun. But he was running there, um, so that's a 6.03 pace for Patrick. Like I said, 44th overall. He's been in the Des Moines area for years, so uh, he um, was the number two Masters runner in that race. Um, the women's competition, um, Oopsie Burrow, former Grandview runner, uh, towed the line there. Um, Oopsie's also former Johnston High Prep. Um, she's now in the Phoenix area. She um, put on Instagram, this is very interesting, that she finished about 12th, she thought, uh, among the women's pros, and she's definitely on the finish line, and she posted a finish of, of her going through the finish line, but the race results don't have a finish for her. Um, they only have a 116.05 time through the half marathon for her, so I, I'm not sure if it's an error there on their part um, for that final... Um, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on there because the 25k is of course you know 15 uh 15.5 miles so there was no um there's no finish result for her but um she says she finished 12th so um about 12th so but anyway the women's winning time was 123.17 so she was uh oopsie was disappointed with her finish said she uh kind of fell apart toward the end of that uh that race um but that's just odd that she didn't have a finish time so back to the um usatf running circuit standings bia uh Simbasa now has a dominant lead um with a win in the USA 10 mile championships in Washington, D.C., and a runner up at the 20K uh, as well this year. He now has 75 points in the circuit standings. That is more than double. Uh, runner up Clayton Young, um, his total of 37. Jalenga's got 30, and Fred Huxham has 30 as well. Uh, Reed Fisher, former Drake runner, um, who um, picked up 18 points. He is now in eighth place in those standings. Um, Bia said in an interview, first of all, about the race, um, he says, I've had a really good year. Leading the circuit is pretty awesome. I am just enjoying every minute of it. I'll say uh, he's, he's been doing great. Um, his next race, he said, is now the New York 5K. That's part of the New York City Marathon. So that'll be coming up uh very quickly here uh, up on the weekend and I just uh, got word from him that he will be my guest uh, on the podcast uh, later this week so look for that uh, I'm, 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 I'm expecting it to uh, get done on Friday so look for that podcast with Bia I'll be I'm very eager to talk to him about this because what a what a great season he's had he's out in Flagstaff Arizona and just really uh, having a career year. So it'll be exciting to talk to him. I hope you'll catch that podcast on Friday. The women's standings, by the way, for USATF uh, circuit. 
You've got uh, Emily Durgan, who's leading with 49. It's very close, though. She's only a point and a half ahead of McKenna Morley. Erica Kemp is another point back. Then you've got Lindsay Flanagan with 34. And why am I mentioning all these people? Because fifth place is former Iowa State runner Annie Frisbee. The Minnesota Distance Elite runner has 30 points, so she's in fifth. And then you've got um, Iowa native Jenny Simpson, who uh, picked up that runner-up finish at the 10-mile championships. She has 18 points. And Diana Curry, who's picked up some some small finishes, um, is ninth right now in the standings with 17 and a half behind Jenny Simpson. So that's the way that the 25K championships went down. Moving on now to cross-country. And I mentioned that the MIA uh, cross-country championships were held. This is um, Missouri, um, Missouri schools um, in Division Two, And it was Northwest Missouri State's Caroline Cunningham. She's had a tremendous cross-country season. She continued it by finishing runner-up in the women's 6K race in 22 minutes. So um, <laughs> great running for the Bearcat. Um, and I mentioned that she's a, a Cedar Falls native. Um, and then you also had a uh, former Marion High prep, Maddie Bach, running for Nebraska Kearney. She was ninth in uh, 2251. And then um, another former Iowa Central star, Lillian Buseni, running for Central Merritt, Missouri, was 10th in the individual race. So uh, she ran 2255. So three runners with Iowa ties in the top 10. Very impressive. And Bach's performance was definitely historic. Uh, she was, of course, the top runner for the Lopers as they won their first MIA conference title. Uh, so congratulations to them. They scored 74 total points to top Central Missouri by 14 points. Now, uh, her brother, Miles Bach, um, uh, well, took honors in the family. Uh, he was, uh, he was actually the top finisher, uh, in, in the, uh, in the cross country meet. He was number five overall running for Nebraska Kearney as well. Miles, uh, also former, um, Marion high runner, uh, finished the 8k in 2450 to help, uh, Nebraska Kearney finished fourth in the team race. So he did have a higher finish, but, uh, Nebraska Kearney women took home the hardware. So a lot of debate around uh, uh, that uh, dinner table for sure. But uh, great running by both of them. That's just phenomenal. Two Iowa kids finishing in the top 10 from the same family, from the same school. And, of course, Caroline Cunningham finishing second, former Cedar Falls native. Moving on, as I mentioned, the Lone Star Conference Championship was held on Saturday in Lawton, Oklahoma. And West Texas A&M uh, put five of their runners in the top 15, including their champion, Innocent Marwana Shika. And Innocent is a former Iowa Central runner from St. Paul, Minnesota. He uh, became the fifth runner in West Texas A&M program history to win the Lone Star Conference individual title. He ran 25-16. Um, and that was easily ahead of UT Permian Basin's Eric Flores. 22-second uh, gap between Innocent and uh, Eric Flores. And he wasn't the only <laughs> former Triton um, who led 
uh, West Texas A&M to that team championship. By the way, that was their ninth team title uh, in as many years. So a dominant program there. Um, they scored 42 points, which is their highest uh, point total during that streak. Uh, but they they won by 101 points over St. Edwards. And helping lead the way, former Triton Ezekiel Kipcherchur. He was fourth for the uh, West Texas A&M Buffs. Uh, he was 25-48 for 8K. And Noah Bundrock, another Triton, was 16th. Also uh, a uh, almost a scorer there. He was their number six runner in 26-28. So very dominant there. And um, on the women's side, there were two former Tritons who were 1-2 in the individual race. I've mentioned these two ladies before. But unfortunately, uh, the, the lady buffs were not able to ha- come up with the overall performance they needed, so they finished second in the team race. But it was Florence Awajaneza um, who became the first runner in West Texas A&M history to win consecutive individual titles. She's also from St. Paul, Minnesota. She covered the 6K course in 2133. Um, and she and uh, Innocent, I believe, are brother's sister. Um, I got to look into that, but I'm absolutely pretty, pretty certain of that uh, from what I've read. Um, she is undefeated against uh, Division II competition um, as a lady buff. So that's very impressive. As I mentioned, 2133, the winning time over 6K. And um, and it was uh, her teammate, Eleonora Cartabi, who is from Italy. Um, she finished second, um, and she is a former Triton as well, a sophomore. Um, she ran 21.57.83 to finish about 24 seconds behind Florence. She was named the Newcomer of the Year with that performance. And like I said, um, they could not... Um, uh, win the team title, unfortunately. Dallas Baptists uh, edged the Lady Buffs 35-38 to in that team race as they were denied the team championship. Um, those teams all returned to action at the NCAA Division II South Central Region Championships. That'll be uh, November 6th in Lubbock, Texas. So, um, uh, And, of course, uh, the Mia teams will also be in action um, that weekend as well, as that's the uh, regional championship weekend for Division II schools. That sound means one thing on this podcast, and that is it's time for a flashback to break up some of the results. Haven't had one of these in a while, but... Since it's October and we're almost to Halloween, I wanted to point out one of the real great October races that's now no longer in existence, and that is the Marshalltown 10K, which later was called the Octemberfest 10K. But it went on from uh, 1986 until 2016 when it finally called it quits. But what a what a what a history that this race has invited many top Americans, many top Iowa residents uh, to compete, and um, there were two years that really helped uh, cement uh, getting this race off the ground, which started off with an impressive uh, uh, start certainly, 
in that 86 year um, when it was <clears throat> Iowa State runner Richard Kaitine uh, taking the victory in 1986, debut year in 3014. But it was a great duel in 1989 between uh, uh, Olympic silver medalist Patrick Sang and um, Rod DeHaven, who was the 2000 Olympic trials marathon champion that were battling it out in Marshalltown that day. And it was Sang who broke the tape first in 29-23 for that 10K with DeHaven, who is now the South Dakota State cross-country and track coach, just one second back. It was a phenomenal uh, competition that year. Sang went on to win three silver medals in the 3000 steeplechase in competitions in 1991 World Championships, uh, and then Summer Olympics in Barcelona, and then the 893 World Championships as well. DeHaven, as I mentioned, um, was on the USA team in the 2000 Olympic Marathon. Two tremendous runners, really cementing the legacy of this. And, and for several years after that, it was a great race, including the next year, uh, which faced the number two and number three times all time in this race as Pat McCarthy uh, topped Bob Kempinen, who also qualified for a U.S. team in the marathon. Um, it was McCarthy taking the victory in 29-18, just two seconds ahead of Kempinen in 29-20. Those were the second and third best times in race history. The record was set by Iowa State runner Jonathan Brown, who ran 28.52. Brown was a Great Britain runner from Great Britain at the time, so he broke 29. The only man to do it on that hilly course, it was a hilly course, uh, a, a tough one, but uh, but it had a great history. And even uh, in that 89 year that I mentioned, the women's time was very good. Ninth best time in race history, Gail Viola ran 35.23. So that's the Marshalltown 10K. Some of you remember it as the Oktoberfest 10K. 31 years of great racing it had with a lot of big names who came uh, to Marshalltown for that race that ended in 2016. Going back to the race report now and back to college cross country where the Grandview and St. Ambrose teams were at the NAIA Great Lakes Challenge in Michigan. And it was... Uh, Grandview senior Trevor Albert continued his assault on the uh, Vikings record book, broke his own school record for eight kilometers by running 2450.7 and finishing 14th place out of 239 runners in that maroon race. He uh, continued to break his own record, which was 25-17 set the previous meet at the Seminole Valley Stampede, where he finished second two weeks earlier. So uh, a big PR for Trevor Albert, um, who continues to rewrite the record books and uh, doing it, well, way to go out as a senior for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, the Viking men were eighth out of 27 teams in this great competition. A lot of uh, ranked NAIA teams in this Great Lakes Challenge. Helping out uh, Grandview as well was Isaiah Whitrock. He is from Richland. He finished 55th in 25-45. That time um, is now puts him as the number two runner in school history, behind Albert, of course. 
Um, and also, uh, it was Sam Mickelson, who is a transfer from Hawkeye Community College. He was 62nd place in 2553. And their uh, roster was rounded out by Tony Rodriguez, who is from Des Moines. Um, and Stevie Salas, uh, who were 83rd and 84th place, right together. They both had the same 2606.9 times uh, to finish in the top 100. Salas, by the way, uh, is a freshman. So uh, that uh, time, not only as a PR, uh, is also the freshman school record for Grandview. So good performance by the Grandview men. Uh, as they get ready for the Heart of America Championships on November 6th at Seminole Valley Park in Cedar Rapids. Uh, also on the men's side, you had St. Ambrose competing there, and it was Nolan Rudd who was the top runner for them. He finished 29th in the men's 8K maroon race. Um, that time is a new personal best and uh, is number two in St. Ambrose school history. Um, so he notches, uh, knocks about five seconds off his time from the Seminole Valley Stampede time of 25:15. He was the champion at that event. Um, so this time, uh, Albert, uh, gets the leg up on Nolan Rudd, um, finishing, um, as I mentioned, 15 spots ahead of the bees, uh, runner. Uh, Rudd is not an island, by the way, but uh, George Barton, uh, former Dubuque Wallert, is, and he's a St. Ambrose runner. He ran a PR in that maroon race as well, finishing 90th place overall in 26-11. The women's competition, the Grandview women finished 17th uh, in, that, uh, in that race, and um, it was uh, senior Morgan Lawson, who was from Ottumwa, and she was 12th overall. Uh, improving on her number two time in school history, she ran 1802.7 as she <laughs> inches closer and closer to breaking 18 minutes. She now is only trailing former NAIA national champion Opsi Burrow, who um, set the school record exactly 10 years ago. So uh, Morgan knocks off... 33 seconds from her time at Seminole Valley two weeks ago. Very impressive uh, performance by her. She wasn't the only uh, Viking who did well. It was senior Seda Nasli, uh, who is from Dowds, Iowa. Ran a big pot PR of over 30 seconds in running 1854 to finish 58th. And also breaking the top 100 is junior Emma Swanson of Adair, just west of... Des Moines. She was 91st in 1924. St. Ambrose women were competing in the white race. Uh, the, the Grandview women were in the maroon. Uh, the bees were in the white race and leading the way. And there were some good times in the white race. It wasn't like the, the red was the varsity and white was junior varsity. The winning time in the, in the white race was very good as well. So Emma Duncan was 32nd place for St. Ambrose in that 5K race in 1958. Uh, so that's the third time she's broken 20 minutes for 5K this year. And Emma is from Anamosa. And like I mentioned 
conference meets coming up for everybody, uh, both those teams, in two weeks. The Dort men were, were extremely dominant, uh, posting a perfect score at the Mount Marty cross-country meet in Yankton, South Dakota. Top seven all went for the defenders. It was Eric Steiger leading the way in 25-10. Then it was Davis Tebben in 25-15. Jacob Vanderplatz in 25-23 for third. Joe Anderson, a PR 25-37. Daniel Schroeder, a PR of 25-49. Nicholas Veldhorst, 25-51. And Trey Engen, also a PR. Uh, So there's three PRs among among the top seven. Ingen in 25.52. There are three Iowans among this top seven. You had Vanderplatz, a senior from Sioux Center. Anderson is a junior from George. And uh, Ingen is a junior from Algona. Uh, of this top seven, four are seniors. So this is the year for Dort to get it done. Steiger, uh, Davis Tebben, uh, Vanderplatz, and uh, Veldhorst are all seniors among that top seven. So this is their year to get it done. Uh, also in the uh, in the top 15, you had uh, Northwestern senior Leviticus Cross. What a great name there. Uh, Leviticus going to a Christian school. Why not with that name? He was 13th in 26-18. And then in 14th was Morningside senior Roe Pascal in 14th in 26-11. On the women's side, the Dort women also won the team title, but not nearly as dominant as the men. They did go 1, 4, 8, 9, and 11 to score 33 points and finish 43 points ahead of 13th-ranked Concordia. And uh, another 71 in front of Northwestern. It was Jessica Campman, who is from Abbotsford, British Columbia, who was uh, the winner in the 5K race in 1840. Then it was Eden Winslow, her teammate in fourth place in 1858. Uh, Margaret Meskowski in eighth in 1911. Taylor Anima in ninth in 1913. And then Annika Homan in 1924. Sadly, all of these top uh, runners for Dort. None of them are Iowans, so they're very, uh, they're, they're all the way across not only the U.S., but also Canada, as we know from Campman. So, um, sadly, none of them are Iowans. We can't claim them. Um, but we can claim the runner-up uh, performer in this race, Joe McKibben uh, of Morningside, uh, was runner-up. She is from Mapleton, Iowa, ran for MBAO. She ran 1850. Uh, to finish just about 10 seconds behind Campman. Her teammate, Kristen Hanamachel, who's a junior, she was 7th in 1911. For Northwestern, they also had somebody in the top three, Morgan Marker, 3rd. She's a senior, and she's from Rock Valley, went to Rock Valley High. She ran a new PR for her, uh, breaking 19 minutes in 1855. So uh, 15 seconds behind Campman. And then um, they also, Northwestern, also had a top 10 runner in Catlin Weiss. She is she went to Ridgeview, uh, which is in Holstein. Um, Ridgeview, she um, 
ran in 1918, and she is a sophomore. So Northwestern with two in the top ten, as well as Morningside at that event hosted by Mount Marty. Uh, The GPAC championship is next for uh, all of these teams. That's coming up on November 6th. That's at Landsmere Golf Club in Orange City. So they'll they'll have one weekend off. Now on to the roads, and we've got a really good battle here uh, between uh, Run Ablaze and this new Running Wild Elite uh, teams. And, well, it, it wasn't much of a battle as Austin O'Brien is back in form uh, after having some injuries. He dominated the Corn Belt Running Club's Pumpkin Dash on a very rainy Sunday in Davenport. You all know this. Uh, yesterday was just horrible. It was 24 hours of rain solid straight and and it it drenched everybody in Davenport but Austin still ran 24-14 for that 8k really good performance from the Waukee resident who's 29 years old and he is a run ablaze athlete so great to see Austin back healthy Steve Freshly uh, who's from Davenport and is with that running wild team still ran a very good time 2506 504 pace for second place Women's winner, I wanted to mention this because, like I said, they ran in an absolute downpour there, as did everybody uh, who was racing Sunday. Brenna Gray, Davenport, runs 33.58, a 6.51 pace. Pretty good in torrential downpour. The Willis Dady uh, 10K run was held the day before, much drier conditions in Cedar Rapids, and it was Run Ablaze's Nathan Hopp, uh, who was the winner in 34.14. He won the uh, the competition by a minute 21 over Tyler Culver of Cedar Rapids. Nate is 38 years old, he's, so he's approaching master status here, but still running some very good times for the run ablaze athlete. Um, the run for the schools 5K it was in Iowa City on Sunday. In the past, the past years, this is another race with a great history used to have a half marathon, but now it's just a 5K. And it's a guy I've mentioned uh, on the trail series in Iowa. He's uh, Eric Bandy, who is from Coralville. Um, He moved to the roads and picked up the victory there in that 5K. And again, it's on Sunday, so uh, wet, very rainy. He runs a nice 1603 time uh, with those conditions. Very good performance for him. And he's 33 years old. Um, he won that Iowa Trails Championship, um, which uh, concluded the previous week. Um, Cedar Rapids also was drenched on Sunday for their Hot Cider Hustle Half Marathon. Uh, I wanted to mention these uh, winners here because, like I said, terrible conditions. 121-28. The winner was Grant Sparsted, um, Cedar Falls. He's 25 years old, so that's a 6.13 pace. Normally not good enough to make this show, but considering the horrible conditions. Melanie Hamilton, the winner, uh, female winner in 130.16. She's from Coralville. Uh, That's a 6.53 pace. And then uh, here's an interesting name, Andrea Ertz, former Mount Mercy runner, uh, uh, living in Central City. Um, She was the women's winner, uh, women's runner-up in 133.02. It's the Hot Cider Hustle Half Marathon. Dreadful conditions. Much better conditions the day before for 
the Capital Striders to Grandmother's House We Go. Uh, they have uh, 15K, 10K, and 5K races in West Des Moines. And the men's winner was 18-year-old Cade Muller um, winning that in 108.07. So a good winning time there on a, on a hilly course. I did it uh, last year, and it was... It's a it's a tough course uh, out there, and then Emily Webb of the Run Ablaze team, coming off a half marathon the previous week uh, at IMT Des Moines Marathon, she dropped down to the 5K and was the not only the women's overall winner but also the overall champion. The 34 year old ran 23:03 to take that championship. Um, as I mentioned. I missed a few uh, results. I wanted to circle back a little bit um, on uh, IMT Des Moines, but uh, I missed the Blazer 6K Classic. This is an NCAA Division I meet, and it was former Pleasant Valley star Mackenzie Yannick who won the individual title in Birmingham, Alabama, and led Vanderbilt women to the overall team title. Um, that took place on Saturday, October 16th. Um, and they, um, that was their first 6K race of the year for the Commodores. They finished with just 42 points to easily defeat New Orleans, which had 89 points. And, um, Vanderbilt went 1 2 as McKenzie, uh, who's a transfer this year from San Francisco. Had her on my podcast. It was a tremendous podcast. I, I urge you to listen to it. She's just a really intelligent, bright, funny young lady. She ran 21 11 to top her teammate, uh, Grace Jensen, by about five seconds. They're both seniors. And the Commodores uh, are back in action uh, on Friday for the SEC Championships hosted by University of Missouri. During last week's podcast, it was so long that I didn't really have a chance to look at the historical significance of some of these uh, results at the IMT event, but... Um, well, now that I've crunched some of the numbers and with some help from Cal Murdoch, uh, who's a historian extraordinaire in Iowa, was able to uh, glean some uh, phenomenal race times here. And Samantha Wingertz was one that really stood out. Her 116.36 winning time uh, at IMT was the sixth best ever by an Iowan, and sixth best ever for this race. So Samantha really uh, performing quite well. Uh, she now, with that effort, um, she not only tops her own time, which was 116.50, which I mentioned uh, in the story uh, at DesMoinesRegister.com, um, she... Um, she topped Aaron Muller, knocked Aaron Muller off the list, and now she only trails Opsie Burrow, who's 116.13, was at Park to Park in 2015. Robin Friedman, 115.59, she ran at the Drake Half Marathon in 2011. Nan Davis, we're starting to get into really some big names here. She ran Iowa City. Um, that's the race I was talking about in 1989 in 11506. Pasca Myers, Chariot, uh, a former uh, grand uh, grandma's winner, 
Um, she ran 114.32 when she was uh, really at the height of her uh, running there. That was at the Drake half. And the all-time uh, leader is Diane DeCurry, 113.17, and that was at Dam to Dam in 2014. The only race, the only time she ever ran Dam to Dam, that was one of the few years that it was a half marathon. But she owns the all-time best by an Iowan. She was living in Iowa City at the time, 113.17. So Samantha's now sixth best, trailing only those ladies now. And she's now ahead of uh, runners like Aaron Muller and Lisa Yule. So that's really impressive. Um, going to the men's marathon, um, Cal mentions that David Two now is the eighth best time by an Iowan at an Iowa race, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to bristle at this a little bit because David is now a graduate student at Florida A&M. He made the trip specifically uh, to Des Moines for this race, but I know his residence right now is Florida. So, so I got to say that, you know, might not qualify, I think, as an Iowan. I know he just got done with his uh, Iowa State career in Ames, but um, uh, I would have to say that he's probably a Florida resident at, at this point here. Um, but, um, well, you've got to say that, uh, that the half marathon, without a doubt, there, there, there's, there's no doubt about it, was one of the fastest half marathons we've ever had uh, on the men's side as well. Blake Whalen, who was the runner-up to Mason Frank, um, who was a native Iowan but living in Colorado, Blake, former uh, Iowa Central runner, uh, a Dubuque native, ran the fourth best time ever by an Iowan, 105.27. I did confirm that. So that's phenomenal. Uh, Cody Bale, who's a new uh, Iowa resident, he works for Fitness Sports. He was sixth best uh, ever by an Iowan, 105.39. And then Ben Anderson, who ran for Valley, uh, Valley High and Iowa, uh, his 106.11 time is ninth best Iowan ever by an Iowan. And who tops the list? Well, let's go down through the list here. Sammy Rotich uh, at Park to Park, uh, the now extinct Park to Park, but it was such a fast race. Uh, in 2018, he ran 103.22. Then uh, the Des Moines Marathon, their half marathon, Antonio Vega, who was in Des Moines at the time. His wife was uh, in graduate school at the time so he was a Des Moines resident for only about a year but he uh, he he ran 103.41 for the number two time all time and then Brogan Austin talked about him at the top of the show uh, the Des Moines half marathon in 2018 when he was still living in West Des Moines he ran 105.15 Phil Coppice going way back at that Iowa City schools race uh, the Clinton resident went 105.29 in 1981. Then you got Frank Richardson um, in 1979, ran 105.41. Um, so there you go. Um, those are the, the, that's the list there. I'm going to, well, I'm going to stop about right there. Because, well, yeah, because Greg Newell's time of 105.44 is behind Cody Bale's time. And then you got Richard Kaitine, who's been knocked down a list. His 106.14 time uh, 
at a half marathon in Dubuque in 1984, former Iowa State runner, now knocked down by Ben Anderson. So the IMT course, we've always known it's been very flat and fast, but it produced three of the top 10 times ever by Iowa residents. That's very impressive. I wanted to give equal time to wheelchair racing on this show as well. Uh, Cal did a very good job of talking to Dean Furness, um, who is uh, a, a top Iowa wheelchair racer. He did both the Chicago Marathon and the Boston Marathon back-to-back days. Very impressive. He was one of about 15 wheelers who, who did both. Um, and he said made for a crazy 36 hours, for sure. Um, he... Um, had some tough conditions. Not only was it hot in Chicago for the first leg of that uh, double marathon, uh, but he also said he had a 15-mile headwind for the, uh, uh, well, from miles 9 through 23. Big headwind. And as you know, in Chicago, uh, you can't escape those headwinds very easily uh, in there, during those sections out there where it runs out uh, toward the United Center part of it. But anyway, he uh, end, ended up, uh, after the, after going through the half marathon in 101.40, he ends up with a 208.58 time there uh, at Chicago. Um, he was pretty disappointed on that. Um, he thought he was on pace for a sub-150, but, but that headwind um, really um, hurt him a lot. And Chicago's fast, but with the wind conditions, it's going to definitely hurt you. But then, um, um, but then at Boston was much better, uh, and um, he he beat his best ever at Boston uh, with a two ten fourteen time. Um, his previous best at Boston was two eleven nineteen, and he finished seventeenth at Boston uh, with that two ten fourteen time. He was fifteenth at Chicago, by the way, with that two oh eight fifty eight time. So Boston, hillier course with the Newton Hills, of course. Um, he was just just barely slower than his Chicago time. So so you know Chicago definitely was difficult. But he said in these quotes from Cal in his uh, email uh, email blast that he sent out, Boston is always ridiculously fast in the first 16 miles of the course. I was on a 56-minute half marathon pace and, of course, then hit the Newton Hills, which chewed into the time. So, But, um, but he was very excited to... to uh, do his best ever at Boston, and um, he now is, um, as Cal points out, he's living in St. Charles, working for Wells Fargo, and he has he and his wife have three daughters. He's a former Central College football player who, um, well, ten years ago had a farming accident, and that's why he is now in a wheelchair. But he's uh, doing quite well, certainly on a national stage. Uh, very. Uh, proud of him for doing so well at Chicago and Boston is uh, representing Iowa. And he's uh, right in St. Charles, which is just south of Des Moines. So great uh, job by him. And then one of my, um, Jay Nevins, uh, one of my readers of my uh, of my blog, uh, pointed out that um, Hannah Weiss uh, ran a very uh, strong marathon 
also on the same day as IMT Marathon on Sunday, October 17th. She ran 254.38 at the Columbus Marathon that day to finish 8th overall among the women. I did confirm that. So um, that's great running from the former Dowling Catholic and Loris College runner. She's now 33 years old and living in Columbus. And that's your lot for the weekend, and also the previous weekend as well. A lot to unpack from that busy, crazy, nutty comb, IMT weekend. Just so much going on. All right, uh, this weekend, coming up, we've got the NCAA Division Ones back in action. It's conference weekend, and what a, what a duel this is going to be. Uh, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, for the Big 12 Championships, you've got the number two Iowa State men taking on the host Cowboys of Oklahoma State, who are ranked in the top five. This is going to be a phenomenal head-to-head battle between those two. Looking forward to that. That that's going to be phenomenal on on the uh, on the men's side, and the women's is going to be really outstanding as well. You've got. Uh, Oh, yeah, Oklahoma State is fifth there. Um, there's nobody else on the, on the men's side that's going to contend. And then on the women's side, you've got, uh, you've got Iowa State and the host Cowboy women uh, who are going to be uh, battling it out, certainly, for the team championship there. Oklahoma State's number seven by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association and Iowa State 17. And again, there's nobody else that is really going to be contesting those two. So uh, those two programs are going to be battling it out for the, the hardware, the top hardware in Stillwater on Friday. Friday also, Iowa uh, will be at the Big Ten Championships in University Park, Pennsylvania on Friday. We'll see how the Hawkeye teams can do. Um, also, Minnesota. Got a big presence there with Abby Coet Jackson of the Gophers hoping to lead them to the team championship. Uh, they've got a great chance to win that team championship there. So the Big Ten's also Friday, uh, hosted by Penn State. And then uh, Northern Iowa and Drake will be at the Missouri Valley Conference Championships at Normal, Illinois, on Friday as well. So you know, everybody's going to be on their computers, phones, looking for all those results Uh, It's conference championship weekend, and it's going to be a busy podcast. Next week, I'll have Abby Caldwell on, as always, talk about the Cyclones' performance in Stillwater. And as as I mentioned earlier in the show, I've got Bia Sambasa. I've got him lined up, uh, an interview on Thursday, and that podcast interview will drop on Friday. Hope you take a listen to that as well. Till then, happy running, everyone.